Good afternoon, everyone. This is amazing. We're so glad to be back talking to you. Yes. It's been a little bit of a hiatus, but um, here we are, you know, Deborah and Jackie in the flesh, and we're ready to record. And we thought today that we were going to address a few specific questions and just answer them between us, because these questions are going to fill people with a lot of insight. Mm -hmm. So Deb, I'd like to say to you right now, what are you tired of hearing about? If someone was to say that to you right now? I know this might sound a little, I don't know, cynical, but honestly, I am so tired of people keep saying tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. There is no tomorrow, Jackie. Did you know that? Even the Bible tells you there is no tomorrow. You mean you're not guaranteed tomorrow? No, like there is no tomorrow. Oh, there's no tomorrow. So. There's no tomorrow. It's always now, today, today. Every day that comes. Is it tomorrow? Is it today? It's today. Yeah. Right? So the only thing why people think there's a tomorrow is because of night and day. And that fact that we have to sleep in order for, to see tomorrow. So if we don't sleep, there's no tomorrow. Does that make sense? It does, but it's, it's, it, I know you have a philosophical meaning there. So yes. let's get to, you know, what your, the heart of the matter so is. The thing is tomorrow is not promised to anyone. Yep. And so I'm tired of hearing people say tomorrow, tomorrow is a lie that you tell yourself. In other words, for you, it's a way of putting off things. It's you know, a procrastination yeah, process. And not, not addressing, you know, right. the things that are present around us, uh, either not appreciating them or not, you know, realizing the impact of them on our lives every day. Yeah. So if you have a choice to do something now uh, or 15 hours from now, which would you choose? Immediate. Because most of us like gratification. We like to do things and receive the results of it as soon as possible. Right. That's you. Yeah. And that's me. But then there are people out there that would say, I'll do it 15 hours from now. And it depends on what that thing is. If it's not something that you really want to do now, would you do it now? Even though you can't do it now, you would say tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, I guess I would delay it if it was something I wasn't looking forward to doing for sure. Yeah. So, so we, we tend to look at the things that are important to us and we see the urgency if we have to address something. But if we can put it off or sweep it under the rug or pretend it's something that's not of the utmost importance, we don't give it the, the credibility that it deserves. Well, the reason why I chose tomorrow is because when we use the word tomorrow, we put a lot of stress in ourselves. We put a lot of doubts in our mind. It allows procrastination. It allows laziness. And so therefore, if we have goals that we want to achieve, we cannot even think about tomorrow. We always have to think about here, now, today. If you have the opportunity to do it today, do it today. If you, if you want to tell somebody you love them today, you tell them you love them today, not tomorrow because... You don't know if you're going to see them tomorrow. If you have something you have to complete today within this day, complete it today. Unless it's say, do it on the 25th. But that's not tomorrow. That's just as time passes, that time will come for you to do it. But it's not tomorrow. That's great. Yeah, I really never thought about it. That's a good point. Do you know what really I am tired of hearing about? What? I'm tired of hearing about excessively rich people. Mm. Like how much they are constantly worth that keeps changing, you know? Well, they're the talk. Uh, they're the talk. But right now we hear things like Elon Musk is the richest person in the entire world. Mm -hmm. He's worth something like $290 billion. Okay. Now we have to hear about this while we're also looking at, say, the U.S. that has been arguing since Biden became president over 
money to rebuild desperately needed bridges that are damaged mm -hmm. and roads and infrastructure. And these people aren't even paying 2% of the money they make in tax. Mm -hmm. Not even 2%. You know what I always, what I always say, okay, if these people are so rich that you're worth $286 billion, if I come to you and say, show me $5 billion right now, would you be able to show that to me? Or is this in all assets? So are you rich cash wise or are you rich asset wise? Because mm -hmm. how do you become a billionaire? I feel like a billionaire or millionaire should have that cash to say, look, this is what I have. Why I'm a millionaire. It's kind of like us who are not really financially stable, but we depend on credit card because that is the strength of our finance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that make us rich? No. No, that makes us even more poor. So when you check it out, if credit makes us even more poor, don't you think that being a, a billionaire could make you even more poor because you don't even have those assets in cash? It's an excellent point because a lot of people will say, like you say, I'm super rich. But if you're super rich because you have a huge house that's enormously grand and you have a yacht and you have a private plane and you're wearing, you know, or you have a collection of very expensive watches, you know, or your wife has the, the closet full of designer shoes, as you say, these aren't tangible assets. Right. You can't convert any of those to money. So if you say to someone, can you show me a million dollars cash? or 3 million cash, or mm -hmm. 5 million right cash. Right now. Right now. Like, lay it out on the table for me. Don't make it dependent on you having to sell something yeah. to show me that money. Yeah. Then you're not technically worth what you say you're worth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that that is just truly amazing. And it's really, really important. Because you see all the time, you know, uh, celebrities. I am living in a $70 million mansion. Mm -hmm. Or I'm living in a $50 million. And they put it on the TV. And they show you the... 14 washrooms mm -hmm. and they show you the grand house but the truth of the matter is their money went into that so if they have to sell that to see their money again then they're not really truly wealthy people and when you say their yeah. money went into that their money's not even their money it's the bank's money more than likely and yes. until they can repay that debt it belongs to them but if you borrow money, so 300000 of your money went down. That's your 300000 But the rest $6 million is the bank's money. So really, you're only $300,000 rich. You're it's not a millionaire. Because you have, you have financed that asset yeah. to be able to get it. You know, you may use a base amount, but you're absolutely right. Most of these big purchases, nobody has the liquid cash to buy them outright. And if they do... Uh, then eventually, if things slow down for them and they're in need of money, they either have to liquidate that asset very quickly to get and the money. Lose, lose the value of it because they need the cash, yeah. or they simply have to uh, go and borrow against it. So, yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's not all it appears to be. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why Solomon said all that is meaningless. He, he had everything and it was still meaningless without the word of God or the power of God. And this is the other thing. I think that's how it ties into our theme because so many people worship these things that mm -hmm. they have. You know, that becomes their God, you know, to, to dress a certain way, to live in a certain house, you know, to uh, present themselves with that flamboyance as a definition of who they are. But really, bottom line, guys, is if you don't have God, 
you don't have what you really need in life. Exactly. Because you don't have anything that you can truly build upon because everything else comes and it goes. It has no staying power in your life. Exactly. And that's why we can't be jealous or envy other people because of money or luxury or whatever it is that you have. Now, if you, if you think about it technically, we see movies all the time where a family is super rich so they appear to be, and then somebody kidnapped their child, and they say for ransom, we need $2 million for your daughter. And they said, we can't get that kind of cash right now. Well, I thought you were a millionaire. <laughs> How come you don't have that cash it's right true. now? It's true. You know? So don't get fooled by these rich people that you see parading as if they run the world, you know, Jay-Z, Beyonce on the yacht out there and whoever, Musk and all that going to space to block the sun, Bill Gates and all that. Listen, they are not as rich as they cracked up to be. It's all assets that's laid up and tied up in in, in, in bank. Help me out with that because you're more financed than me. Well, you know, it, it's tied up in the reserves of the bank, but it's also tied up in stocks and yes. things like that that are transitory because for me personally I don't like the stock market I see them talk about it every day that this is worth this or McDonald's is going up or Starbucks is going up I'm like what the heck if I had a lot of money I mean my priority would be basically to reduce my debt and I know a lot of people who have money carry a lot of debt yes because I do accounting work and I see people with cash but Against it, they're always borrowing and they're always getting yeah. more and more. And it costs a lot to live, even for rich it people. It costs a lot it to borrow. It costs a lot to borrow. Exactly. So it's not what it appears to be for a lot of people. So I agree. The The cup is really sometimes not even three quarters, not even halfway full. No, yeah. no it's not. And here's another question, Deb. This is a great one. Mm -hmm. Would you like to know the last day of your life? Oh, would I like to know the last day? Actually, I would like to know the last day of my life because, oh my goodness. <laughs> I think wow. I agree with you. I would like to, too. Yeah. I'd like to be given the knowledge so that I could make certain changes mm -hmm. or um, maybe confront people or things that I never had a chance to uh, address mm -hmm. or that I didn't care enough about addressing. Mm -hmm. But I think it would give me the capacity to just sort of stop and say, Wow, if I knew I wasn't going to be living next year, how would I change the way I live? Mm -hmm. Would I enjoy things a little bit more? Would I be a person who is out there a lot more? Uh, would I be more philanthropic, perhaps giving to a really good cause or knowing that I was leaving my name on a proper legacy of something? I might want to do things that I've really just never allocated the time to or shown interest in. Oh, some people could just be like, okay, so let's say you say you're going to live until December 5th, 2025. To December 5th, 2020, some people will say, eh, it's one life to live, make a party until December 4th, 2025, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, there are people who live like that carelessly and live on the edge. But if I, if I, from the time I was born, where I can understand, and my mom say, you know, Deborah, this is how long, or let's say, it was built that way where we know when we're going to die. So on my certificate, birth certificate, it says I was born 1970-something until, like you would see on a tombstone, 2025. Yeah. So now I have all these years as I'm growing with that knowledge that I'm going to die. I mean, listen, my path would be so straight. I would not miss a day to be upset. I would, I, I, I would not like, none of those things will be in my world. Stress 
What? No. The anger? No. No room for that. 2025. It's a short period of time. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And there are people who might have a better chance of expansion, on of an extension on their life. And then you see them living every day on the edge, carelessly, 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 even though they know. So I guess it depends on the individual and what does it mean to have that time frame to live within that time frame? Because even now we're living our lives with the uncertainty and the and no knowledge of when the world is going to end. But we hear and we see people are preparing for it. Um, how what they do in between until that day, whether it's death or the rapture or however the world end that meets them like what would be your state of mind then what if the day that you're supposed to die you end up sinning the day before you die like how you you know you understand what i'm saying yeah like, i do so... but i think a lot of people who are particularly religious i don't think they worry about death because i think they believe you know philosophically that there's a good place that they're going to Mm -hmm. So I think life is the ending of life isn't scary to people who truly believe in God mm -hmm. and know where they're going to end up, you know, at the end of, of, of their life cycle. Mm -hmm. But I think to add another dimension to that, I think age is a factor too, because you look at a lot of young people mm -hmm. and the careless way in which they live their lives is, is angering. You know what I mean? They just recklessly speed in a car that they know is going to flip over and they're going to hit a tree and they're mm -hmm. going to die, you know, or they, they maim their body because of something so stupid. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That makes you angry because you know, you hear the phrase youth is wasted on the young and it really is mm -hmm. because they don't appreciate it. But I think somebody who is of a certain age and knows um, life's ups and downs because you've lived it. You know, you've been through the good times, you've been through the hard times. So you really have a perspective on things. So I think if you know when your life is going to end, you would just say, you know, um, there's a lot of things that I have to be grateful for. And this is an opportunity for me to wipe the slate clean in some mm -hmm. areas and to really live a good legacy for myself. So I think it would be great because you would be able to plan. And it just wouldn't be spontaneous that you, you know, get a terminal illness that you didn't expect, you know, that you have an accident that you didn't expect, uh, you know, that you wind up, um, you know, with some kind of mental impairment or something. So many bad things can happen to us. So if you could plan while you're healthy and functional, I think that's a great blessing. I think so too. So what's the next question? Okay. Uh, another one. If you died today, what would your greatest achievement be? Oh my God. If I died today, my greatest achievement would be receiving the Lord Jesus as my personal savior and just living obediently until I die. That would be, and also, um, spreading, spreading the good news or spreading the word to everyone who believes and let God word manifest. Wow. I think that's beautiful. So you're, you're really saying that, you know, your relationship with God is front and center is in your being, life. Is being yeah. the best ambassador for Christ. Yep. That's terrific. Now, if I was to say my greatest achievement, I think there definitely would be a religious foundation to it, but I would like to say my greatest achievement would be, um, trying to, to forge a legacy. I would like to I would like to leave my imprint on a illness or a disease where I made a great contribution to kind of curing it or making the world a better place. Yeah. That's what I would like my greatest achievement to be. I would like my name to be on something of distinction oh, and honor. Yeah. So that's what I would like it to be. I would like to be able to say, 
that I, you know, really made a difference in saving lives. And for me right now, I have to say I'm kind of attracted to the issue of dementia. Mm -hmm. and Alzheimer's because I have experienced some of it in my family at a distance. Mm -hmm. And I also see right now it is slated pretty much throughout the world Mm -hmm. that people over 50 are becoming the norm. Mm -hmm. And in the next decade, they're going to be more older people than they are younger people. Mm -hmm. So I think right now mental health is extremely important. And I think a lot of research and development has to go into brain care. Mm -hmm. You know, it's to making sure that people's brains are healthy and their bodies are healthy. Mm -hmm. And I think we're in a bankrupt society Mm -hmm. where we're not treating either of these things with dignity or decency. Mm -hmm. You know, we're letting the S hit the fan. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And most of us are it's too long to go into about what people are doing because I don't want to pass judgment on that. But I just want to say that preserving your brain is tied to so many things. It's tied to your spiritual health. It's tied to your mental health. It's tied to your physical health. And it's also tied even to your financial health. So you really have to live your life in a way that you minimize stress. Uh, You learn what the positive outlets are that you can go to, to have peace and calm and uh, encouragement and support, because these kind of things are very hard to find, especially when social media is so rampant. It, it, it's tough to get the balance, you know, to be healthy. Yeah. Well, again, Romans 12 talk about, you know, your body being a temple and, you know, and God specifically said that for a reason, as Paul stressed it in Romans 12, he says, your body is a temple and you ought to really take good care of it. And why do you think he said that? Because that's where the spirit of God lives. And as we get older, our bodies do not respond the same way. Our minds do not shape the same way. There are some people that I've seen who are 80 and their mind is as sharp as a, as a, as, as a knife. There are people who are 60 and their brain is like comatose. They're gone. Mm-hmm. You know, so it all depends. It has genetic, um, it has genetic causes for that. It could be poor poor health, poor diet, um, or it could just be from injury, medication. It it, contri- it could contribute from a different number of, of things. But and, and you're right, Jackie, I think mental health has become such a, a dinner table conversation um, because every family have or has someone who is experiencing or suffering or undergoing um mental issues, whether it's bipolar or dementia, Alzheimer, anything that allows that person to not be able to function anymore mentally, cognitively to help themselves is mental issue. And we are to definitely take it serious. And yes, I think a lot of research is going to be um, put into it because it's becoming more frequent now than before. But that shouldn't surprise us because everything um, that we've seen and heard in terms of diseases and, and all these things from before they're triple speed and ahead of time now, because mankind has disrupted the human body in a way that it doesn't allow its original function to be happening anymore. And it's, and these, um, no, abnormalities has come from medications, food, all these things with chemical that is now triggering our mental growth, our physical growth, our psychological, our sexual growth. Like it's enhancing things that don't need to be enhanced. And the way God created us, 
and our bodies and our antibodies supposed to work together for good. He said all things work together for good for those of us who love God. And he's not just talking about from a physical standpoint. He's talking about it from a holistic standpoint. And so man has been destroying man from time, from beginning. It started with the devil and then he didn't stop there. He went after Adam and Eve and they got sucked into him. And then from Adam and Eve comes this whole entire generation of world that we have right now. And so the devil is still using his way to get to us, to destroy us. If he can't destroy us spiritually, he will destroy us physically. If he can't destroy us physically, he will try to destroy us mentally. If he can't destroy us mentally, he will try to destroy us emotionally. As long as anything that he has that he can use that he know is a weakness for us believe it or not we're going to experience it yep he's going to go after those weak points yeah that was really well said deb that kind of took my whole perspective into account because that really shows you know how important it is to know that god says you are really to value your mind by renewing it with his word constantly mm -hmm. and you're also to value your body because your body, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. People don't realize that phrase. We were put together in our mother's wombs. We were created. And God has a tremendous plan for each one of us. Every hair planted on your yep. head, he knows it. Every grain of sand on the sea. So when you think of that magnitude of knowledge that he has about you, which doctor could tell you differently? Which health nutritionist can tell you differently? I mean, what psychiatrist could tell you differently? And this is the problem because we are so dependent on man resources that we forgot our spiritual resource. Yep. Beautifully said. And the final question I'd like to address here is what is your worth? When you think of what are you worth? Have people ever stopped for a moment to ask themselves that question? And from a religious standpoint, the answer is simply more than you can imagine. I am priceless is yeah, what I said. Absolutely. We were all purchased with a price. Yes. And that price was the blood of Jesus because Amen. he bought us back from the enemy. Okay. So we have to ask ourselves, are we glorifying God with our words, our choices, our decisions, our life or our lifestyle? Because God wants us to be set apart for a special purpose. And our goal really is to learn to enjoy and appreciate our lives more and more each day. Mm -hmm. And so many of us peter out, like Deb started to say, everything is put off. Everything is pushed behind. It's pushed back. It's not looked at with the sense of urgency and importance to be your best every day, to perform at your best every day, to use the word today, I want to accomplish this. This is my plan. Everybody wants to think that there is always going to be a tomorrow, mm -hmm. a tomorrow that provides salvation for them, that gives them an outlet, that gives them another chance to begin again. And sometimes you only get that one chance mm -hmm. and you've got to grab at it. You've got to take life by the horns and you've got to always do something productive with every minute of, of the day that God has given you. Because when you open your eyes, you open it with praise, you know, thank you, God, for this day and thank you for who you are in my life. And I'm going to take the mental burden off myself. I'm going to cast my cares on you. Let you guide my day. Mm -hmm. Let you guide the outcomes for me. So that my role in life is really to give back to the world around me, to give to others, because that's how I am blessed, by mm -hmm. giving to others. Amen. And, you know, as I said to someone the other day, and she, I, I kind of left her confused, I said, when it comes 
to opportunity. Never miss the opportunity for an opportunity. And she was left confused saying there was too many opportunities. <laughs> I said, that, that's my point. Yeah. <laughs> if you believe there is too many opportunities, the whole point is don't miss any. Because every opportunity counts. Yeah, every does. opportunity counts. And we thank you for this opportunity that you can listen to us, that you can learn. And we can all learn from each other. And always remember to reach out to us. You know, our take on it. You can DM us. You can leave a voice note. We will surely get back to you. But we love you for listening. Thank you guys so, so much. And we look forward to our next episode coming yes. soon. Thank you. We love you.